Imagine loving your life after 50 and feeling energized and excited about your future. Welcome to the Women in the Middle podcast, the podcast for women who are ready to figure out what they want and create the life they deserve. Here's your host and master certified life coach, Susie Rosenstein. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast, Women in the Middle. I'm your host, Susie Rosenstein, and I am so glad to be here with you again for this week's episode, which is all about that feeling you get when you resist going all in on something you want. You know what I mean, right? You really want something. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, but there's some resistance. The thing is, sometimes you recognize it and sometimes you don't. I was thinking that this was an amazing time of the year to talk about it. But really, it comes up all of the time with my clients, so I'm pretty convinced that we need to talk about it often, and any time of year will do just fine. I've seen this in myself a lot over the years, too, so I can totally relate. But before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by my powerful new coaching experience, the 50 Unplugged Mastermind. So if you're ready to kick fear to the door and finally prioritize yourself so that you can become the woman you want to be going forward in midlife, then listen up, my friend. As a woman in the middle, you have so much to offer. Really think about where you want to be this time next year. If it's not where you are right now, if you feel stuck or stagnant, if you feel like life's been passing you by, and you're ready to stop wasting valuable time and get excited about your life again, then head right over to www.talktosusie.com. Book a quick 10-minute call and apply to work together. It's no obligation, no pressure call, but we'll see if you're a good fit and we will take it from there. Put Becoming Bold and Brave on your agenda this year. Head over to www.talktosusie.com and take the first step. Now, one more thing, it's time to announce the winner of the 50 Unplugged contest for 2018. You may recall there was a contest last year looking for amazing women who were turning 50 during the year. Easy to enter with big prizes. One of the prizes was to be interviewed on the Women in the Middle podcast, so those invitations went out over the last few months, and you will be hearing those interviews in the new year. But there are other prizes too. So first, I'm going to announce the winners of the five 50-minute private coaching sessions. Emails will also be going out to the winners, but I wanted to announce the names here too. Now, some of the winners didn't give me their complete names, so I'll give a hint from their emails. So here they are. One, Catherine, with an email starting with the word monster. (laughs) Number two, Colleen Cole. Number three, Patricia Murphy. Number four, Holly White. And number five, Sue Whitmer. So ladies, if I read your name, make sure that you check out your email because all of the details for how to book your private coaching session will be right there. Congratulations to you guys and watch those emails for details about how to book that session. Okay, now there's one more thing. The grand prize is a 12-session private coaching package called Nine Steps to Regret-Proof Your Life worth over $3,000. And the winner of the grand prize is Kirsten. 
Kirsten, I don't have your last name, but the word pay is in your email. So check your email for this exciting news. Congratulations again to all of the winners and all of you amazing women who turned 50 last year and also for those of you turning 50 this year. Now, if you are turning 50 in the upcoming year, the contest is ready and waiting for you to enter now. Just go to www.susierosenstein.com forward slash 50 unplugged contest. That's five zero unplugged contest. Fill out the entry form and away you go. Um, You won't find the questions that you have to answer too difficult. I think you will find them fun and get you to start thinking a little bit about what turning 50 means to you. So best of luck to you in the coming year and happy birthday to everyone who is celebrating this important milestone. Okay, now let's get going. The topic today is about being stuck, about committing to change, but not the way we often talk about being stuck. It's just after that phase of not having a clue what you want. This type of stuck is when you have ideas about what you want to do, but you don't always do them, or you don't do them to the extent that you want to do them, like losing 30 pounds or exercising three times a week, getting more sleep or drinking more water, maybe spending more time with your mom, or leaving that job you've been in for 20 years with amazing benefits and a pension. Just examples, of course, but you get what I mean. It doesn't matter what it is, but it does matter that you don't accomplish your goals or create what you want or do what you dream about. So you're stuck after you decide what you want. The question I have for you is this, why? Don't dig too deep to find the answer, but notice what popped into your brain. Maybe that you're too busy or that you're too old or that you never follow through or you want to wait for something else to line up to be perfect timing or that you think it's too scary or maybe it's too hard. Lots of reasons why things don't happen. But really, there's only one reason why things don't happen in your world. Just one reason. And yes, it's that simple. Don't you love when it's simple? (laughs) So here it is. It's your thoughts. The reason you don't take action is a thought in your mind. That is it. Everything you do or don't do in this world is because of your feelings. Or a feeling you want to feel or you don't want to feel and your feelings are created by your thinking. So when you get right down to it, you're either moving forward or not moving forward the way you want because of a thought. It's creating your feeling and your feeling is driving your behavior. Now, you might be thinking, but I don't know what I'm thinking. (laughs) That's fair enough. But you have clues all around you. In fact, all you have to do is look around at what you have. And then you will see what you must be thinking because it's your current thoughts that have created that result. So let's say you weigh 20 pounds more than you want. You want to lose the weight within the next few months. But you remember you thought the same thing last year. Yet, here you are. You still have the weight to lose. That's your result. You are thinking something that's creating a feeling that is driving your action to create this result. It's a clue. Your thought is creating this result. Not bad character, not bad genetics. There's nothing even wrong with you. 
but you have a thought that's not useful to the result that you want in your life, which in this example is to lose 20 pounds. So my friend, if you want to take action and you're not taking action, it's because of what you're thinking right now in this moment. You can find this thought and understand the feeling it's creating. And then you'll understand why you're not taking action. So when it comes to weight, the sneaky thought that always pops up for me is, it's too hard. That thought isn't complex, right? It's not complex at all. It's not brain surgery or rocket science. But notice how a thought like that can make you feel. It makes me feel overwhelmed. What about you? And what do I usually do when I feel overwhelmed? Well, nothing. Or I pull back in some way. I retreat. The result is that nothing changes and I prove my thought that it's too hard to lose weight. You get it? (laughs) Now, this scenario of what goes on in your brain and how it relates to action is part one of the whole problem. Now, you might be wondering, okay, Susie, so how do you change your thoughts? Well, it's totally possible, but you can't rush it. You may recall that I talk about this thing called the self-coaching model that I learned at the Life Coach School. I talk about it all the time. And the model is super useful when it comes to getting greater perspective on your thinking. That's what you have to do to change your thoughts. First, you have to see what's going on up there in your mind. You have to actually notice your thoughts. Now that takes practice because we aren't aware of most of what goes on up there. But remember, your thoughts and feelings are always connected. So if you notice your thought, then you can feel the feeling that it creates. And if you notice your feeling, then you can pause to notice the thought that's creating it. And so it goes. I really like that, that you can either go thought feeling or you can go feeling thought, but it's connected. So once you have a sense of what's going on up there, you can start to supervise all of it. That means that you will no longer be at the effect of what's going on up there willy-nilly. Instead, you will watch it. You will notice it. You will see it. You will be curious about it, but not necessarily be at the effect of it. You're basically becoming an observer of your mind, a thoughtful watcher. Now, this is a beautiful thing because the next step is to decide what you would need to think on purpose to create the feeling that will drive the action. It's best to do this in reverse. So first, think about your personal result. So in the weight loss example, your result would be that you will lose 20 pounds. Then ask yourself all the things that you would have to do to lose the 20 pounds. Things like remind yourself of your goal, always have the foods that you want to eat on hand, plan meals in advance, drink eight glasses of water, and so on. And then you have to think carefully about how you would have to feel to do all of this stuff. This is what is usually missing, right? So now we're getting somewhere. What would you have to think to feel that way? And then there you have it. All that's changed is your thinking. So you're working in reverse to uncover the clues to create that result that you want. And one clue is your feelings. And then the big clue is your thinking. It will be a totally different thought than the one you're currently thinking that is creating the result that you currently have. It has to be. That's the way it works, right? But there's a little bit more. Understanding how you need to think to accomplish your goals is only part of it. And commitment is the other. 
Now, I've realized something really important about commitment over the last few years. It's easy to think you're committed, but really you're only at about 80% a lot of the time. So think about that for a minute. Let's say you're working hard to plan your calendar more and more and honoring it often. So what that means is you're actually going to put the time in to plan your time in your calendar, and then you're going to work on being committed to doing what you have planned. And the thing is that you're getting better at it. In fact, you're better than you used to be, but you're not yet where you want. Or you're working on that 20 pounds we talked about before, and you're good Monday through Friday. You honor what you want to eat and when you want to eat it, but then your food plans go right out the window on the weekend. Again, you're better than before, but. Now, what does it feel like to think I'm better than I was before? For me, I feel off the hook. I pull back because I'm on my way. I feel somewhat satisfied, but the thing is, I don't accomplish my goals. In fact, with this weight example, what it often means is that I gain and lose the same pound or two over and over again. And that, my friend, is an example of committing about 80%. It's more than before, but it's not what you need to continue to go forward. In fact, you might be thinking that it's even better than before, but it's not going to get you to your goal. It's not a useful thought or a useful feeling because of this. So let's talk about commitment in a way that you can feel the difference. Let's say that you said that you would pick your kid up from the airport after a trip to Europe after three weeks being away. What is the likelihood that you wouldn't be there on time? Easy one, right? You're totally going to be there on time. (laughs) It's easy to honor commitments to your kids. Or what about this one? What's the likelihood that you would steal a laptop computer from work? Again, I'm sure it's pretty easy to know that you can't even imagine stealing from work. You wouldn't be honoring your commitment to yourself never to steal. So that's not going to happen. What about this example? What's the likelihood that you wouldn't brush your teeth twice a day? I think that one's pretty solid. But what about flossing? Do you feel as strongly committed to flossing? Or what about this example? What about the likelihood that you wouldn't change your bed sheets for three months? Right? Never. What's the likelihood that you will honor your commitment to yourself to stick to the sleep goals you've made this year? Or how much water you want to drink? Or the diet you're aiming to keep? Or the exercise schedule? You see what I mean? Being 100% committed feels different than being 80% committed. Getting back to that teeth brushing example, it reminds me of when the kids went to overnight camp. I begged them to commit to me that they would do three things. Brush twice a day, put on clean underwear every day, and change their sheets once a week. Now, I'm pretty sure that none of these things happened ever. (laughs) Not even close. Oh my. Uh, But Brooke Castillo of the Life Coach School introduced an interesting concept called the minimum baseline idea that also helps drive this home. The idea is that you're less committed to part of your goal, but more committed to the minimum baseline. For example, with the teeth brushing, I'm committed to dental hygiene. I would love to floss more regularly than I do. 
My hygienist speaks to me all the time about this. I commit to trying harder regularly. However, my minimum baseline is brushing my teeth twice a day. I would never miss that. There's no way. But the flossing, I'm not as committed. I don't have a firm minimum baseline for this behavior. The same way I do about brushing, I wing it. Sometimes I floss, sometimes I don't floss, but I'm not as regulated or committed as the twice a day brushing, which I would never miss. So do you see the difference? True commitment is your minimum baseline. It's when you make something mean serious business for you. You can see and feel that you're way more committed. So what happens is that you don't yet have a minimum baseline for what you want to start doing that you're not doing yet. So the idea is that you create one, a small one. So you can start thinking about yourself as someone who has that minimum baseline, like someone who flosses three times a week versus every day. Start there with a smaller, easier commitment to get used to practicing thinking about yourself that way. So if you want to really move forward on your goals, you have to know what you're thinking and feeling. You have to really cue in to what's truly in your mind because this is why you have the results in your life that you have. I really thought for years that thinking that thought, I'm better than I was before, was like a noble way to think. I didn't understand that it wasn't useful in actually helping me continue to move forward to my goal. Now, you can't force yourself into this type of success. You just can't force it. Here's another example that will probably really drive the point home about the 80% commitment idea, Um, and it has to do with weight. So let's say for you, you just wouldn't allow yourself to go over a certain number, never in a million years. Let's say you hit that number once before and you kicked it into high gear to lose some weight. That's 100% commitment. Okay, you knew that that number was just not going to be happening for you. You were all in, you hit the number, and you got busy, and that was it, 100% commitment. But maybe you're 10 pounds under that number. You're still not the weight you want. You still consider yourself overweight, but you don't feel nearly as committed as you do when you hit the number. So notice the difference in the way you feel. Like you know that you're getting close to that number, but it feels different. So if your thoughts aren't that useful because they create a feeling for you that pulls you back, then you won't get to your goal. If you think you're committed more than you actually are, then you also won't get to your goal. Remember, if you think the thought, I'm better than I used to be, notice how that makes you feel. That's a clue you're 80% committed. If you're not honest with yourself, you're just not that committed or compelled to do the thing you say you really want to do. The next question for you to really think about is why? Because remember, all this time you've been thinking that you were really committed to that goal. Ask yourself why. If you're not at the goal yet, then there's a thought that's preventing you from getting the result that you want. So ask yourself why. What's holding you back from going all in the way you do when you make a promise to your kid or your partner or your boss. What's the difference? There's all kinds of commitments you have in your life to other people where you know there's not a shadow of doubt in your mind that you're going to keep that commitment. What is the difference? Is it that you haven't yet honed in on your compelling reason? 
for the change that you say you want? Is it that you don't really understand your why? Is it that you don't value what it takes to put yourself first? Is it that you don't really believe that you deserve to have what it is that you say you want in your life? Getting to this answer is the next important part of this work. It will absolutely unlock your ability to work on self-discipline and really get going on living much more intentionally. It's about having your own back in a serious way, finally, even at your age. Knowing that you know, without a shadow of a doubt, that you can count on yourself to follow through on what you want is some pretty serious stuff, my friend. Truly life-changing. That's it for this episode. If hearing all of this good stuff made you realize that you could use some help understanding what's going on up there in your beautiful mind, how to bust out of your midlife funk, and how to get excited about your life again, it might just be time to work together. I have this amazing new mastermind that you really need to take a look at. Just go to www.talktosusie.com and take that important baby step. If you've liked what you've heard on the podcast, just head over to the Women in the Middle podcast on iTunes and leave me a review. Those reviews make me so darn happy. It's just so great to hear from you and to get some feedback about the podcast. Check out the show notes with more information and links at www.susierosenstein.com. Let's do this, ladies, one scary commitment at a time. Thanks so much for listening. Mm -hmm.